you roll. Welcome again to the Shooter's Roll, a podcast made by fans for the fans. And in this episode, I'm joined by none other than T. What up, T? What up, T. Swizzle? And what up, fans? Hope you're in for another exciting episode with the boys. This is going to be exciting. Reg gives her apologies. She's out at an eSports event. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Just leaving, just leaving us here. Um, but I'm sure we can make up with some excellent comments um, and we are looking forward to receiving your feedback as well. Today's topic, what we're going to talk about, um, is putting it out there. T, what are you most looking forward to this coming NBA season? Yep, so on top of my list, first thing is we haven't seen LeBron play basketball in so long for me. Um, I, like the, I like him and I also hate him. But we see him more on social media than actually a basketball player. So that's that's what that's my number one thing. I, I want to see him in the Lakers uniform. I want to see AD with LeBron, the top top five NBA players at the moment on the court. You know, we, I'm sick of all the talking. Who's going to win? Who's who's going to be where at the end of the season? I just want to see good basketball. That's uh, he has. Coming back from an injury plague season, the the worst uh, and the longest stint he's had yep, for him. Um, for him. Um, coming back to a Lakers team, the kids are gone, but for Coos, <laughs> yeah. the kids are gone. Yeah. Luke Walton's gone. Um, this is Team LeBron um, adding on a top five player with Anthony Davis. Uh, it's going to certainly be an interesting year and how he manages coming back from the injury as well. Um, you got some reservations about that? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the Lakers have to seriously um, uh, consider load managing him this year. Uh, he, he, he's past an age where I guess he's durable, what we saw from last season. And if there's any chance of him getting injured, he's going to lose a lot of time and, and the Lakers will, will drop in the standings as they did last year. Um, yeah, even with a healthy AD, I don't think AD can ha can hold hold the Lakers on his own, hold it down on his own. Um, yeah, just uh, the way I see it is low management. So play him on on big games, and then I guess on the back to back games, there has to be some sort of um, uh, conversation with him and the Lakers at the beginning of the season, saying these are the games we're going to take off. So there's agreement um, for him to have those games off to rest. And the second thing is. I'm looking forward to is, you know, or I guess what I said in the other episode is everyone's talking smack about him. Like, you know, he's he was the best player, you know, mm -hmm. and he's not the best player anymore. Like, he went to eight straight finals. Like, that that doesn't happen to everyone, you know, unless you were Celtic back in the 60s. You know, so he's he's done it on multiple teams, like three teams altogether. I don't know, correct myself, there's two teams. He hasn't made the finals with the Lakers. <laughs> Not yet, Get, anyway. Getting ahead of yourself, but <laughs> yeah. this this issue about load management, mm. it's, it's certainly going to play a role. It's certainly a winning formula. You look at Popovich managing the Spurs for most of the noughties yes. and into the teens. Um, you look at just a recent example, uh, Toronto with Kawhi in their championship run last year, load managed him so that Kawhi could play those big minutes 
down the stretch, making the big shots, getting the shooters roll <laughs> against Philly, and also um, winning the NBA MVP Finals MVP as well as um, winning um, the coveted title. So that's it, and and all eyes are going to be focused on the Lakers. It's always there's always that focus on the Lakers. There's always that added scrutiny as well. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing LeBron um, put up his triple-double numbers. Um, certainly AD is going to make that easier for him this year because AD will principally um, be the number one option on that team. That's what they're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. what um, LeBron and all the coaching staff have, have been pushing for AD to be the number one option. Um, and I guess it's like a passive torch. So. And, and, he's, and AD is the best um, by far, I think, uh, teammate has uh, LeBron's had yeah. um, probably the the next best one I think was will be Wade because uh, they kind of joined forces in, like in their their primes. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the most exciting thing I'm looking forward to. Give me another one. Give me another you one. Another one. Yeah, I want another ah, one. You want another one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, stayed on the topic of the Lakers. Um, I'm 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 interested not for the basketball type of thing, but for the drama. Around the Lakers, right? <laughs> so, so here Frank Vogel, uh, the the head coach of the Lakers, um, he has a couple of assistants on him that were ex head coaches, right? Um, I'm interested to see if Jason Kidd is the head coach by mid season, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. And, and for me, that's just the the everyday season uh, coach uh, miracle around that people just keep on changing teams and uh, and if the Lakers fail in the first half of the season. Um, I believe there's going to be a miracle around. Um, the leash is short on Frank, and yeah, it, I, I guess I, as as a, a guy uh, into I guess basketball drama, that's something that I'm looking forward to, <laughs> if it's going to happen or not. Thoughts? My thoughts are, Kid was given the keys to the kingdom very early in his coaching career. Um, he assumed a lead role for the Brooklyn Nets. Formerly, his his jersey is up in the rafters when he was playing for New Jersey, then New Jersey Nets. Um, things didn't go quite as well there. M moves on to a coaching gig for the Bucks. Giannis loves him, but that tenure also ended quite abruptly. Um, now he's being um, an assistant on the Lakers. More focus. I'm. I'm still not sold on Kidd as a head coach. I think he's a, and I'm going to touch base on this on this issue. I think Kidd is a he's a players coach. Um, he and I think that that will be an issue when you're coaching the best player in the world, who ultimately dictates what happens on the court. Is it in just projecting forward, if if Jason Kidd ends up getting the head coaching gig, will Kidd be, um, will Kidd be the lead voice, or will it still be Coach LeBron? I mean, it's going to be ultimately. I mean, Ty Lue had the same issue. He was always known oh, unfairly, maybe to to be criticised as just being a puppet, and with LeBron calling the shots as the head coach of the team, unofficially mm. the head coach of the team. Um, but with the Lakers, undoubtedly, there's going to be drama. 
every year there's drama with the Lakers, yep. and I, and I think that's uh, something that uh, we we all indulge upon as well <laughs> as fans. Yeah, it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, on my end, what I'm most looking forward to, and I think we touched base on this in our third episode when we were talking about breakout candidates. Um, I'm really looking forward to see um, someone go out and completely ball and just change the perspective of that person um, um, and just that shock value of how much improvement that person's had. Last year it was Pascal Siakam winning the NBA's Most Improved Player Award. Um, this year I'm I'm taking that 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 concept but emulating it onto a team and I want to talk about the Sacramento Kings. They missed out last year on the playoffs. This is a young team, a young core that um, for for so long since the Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, Peja Sojakovic days uh, have not um, garnered any respect from the league because they were they were underperformers. They were um, uh, losing record upon losing record. And last year, though they finished third in the Pacific Division, missed out the playoffs, um, they went 39 wins. 42 losses, which was a marked improvement on the season prior when they only got 27 wins. So that's a 12-win bump on last year's roster alone. They did lose Willie Cauley-Stein to the Golden State Warriors this year, but they do have reinforcements. I'm looking at their roster and their leader, De'Aaron Fox, averaged 17.3 points last year, 7.3 assists. Buddy Heald had a career year last year, averaging 20.7 points, 5 rebounds, and 2.5 assists. They've just paid Harrison Barnes a mozza, um, signing him um, for 4 years at $85 million. Um, his, his numbers don't necessarily speak volumes, only averaging about 14 points a game and 5.5 rebounds, but he is... Um, the veteran guy, though he's still quite young, he's still in the prime of his career, um, and they're still basing this team, this run-and-gun team, um, and they're hoping big things from Marvin Bagley. I think Marvin Bagley's going to have a huge year this year, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the Kings surprise a lot of people and get into the playoffs and make waves. Um, so shout-out to all those Kings fans out there who have spent years, years suffering... Um, and I think this year there's going to be plenty of smiles this year because I think they're going to knock over some of these more favoured um, potential uh, contenders in the West. Still a stacked West like we've covered in previous podcasts, mm. but I'm really looking forward to the Kings doing this. And steering the ship, steering the ship this year is Luke Walton. Now, this, this is coming on to... I'm trying to segue my way into what I'm looking forward to this year. You touched base upon it earlier with your comments about Frank Vogel. Um, I'm intrigued by new head coaching appointments. I'm going to focus on two here. Um, I'm going to focus on two specific coaches who are in new environments, 
um, leading young teams. Um, the first person, and I'm going to segue from the Kings to the Kings, Luke Walton. Um, he's replacing Dave Vega from last year. It's a big task for Luke. Um, I always have felt that Luke Walton was uh, someone who's of great pedigree, Bill Walton's kid, goes to the Lakers, wins two championships as a player, starts his coaching career, um, and then gets a gig um, as an assistant and wins a ring with the Warriors. Um, he did a great job, mind you, when Steve Kerr was out with his back issue, um, leading the team to, I believe it was, uh, well into 19 wins straight. Correct me if I'm wrong there. At, um, but he has then gone on to coach the Lakers for the past three years. Um, the Lakers have embraced him. He's one of their own. Um, and then he's turned the Lakers... Um, he had mediocre success there. His overall head coaching record for the Lakers was 98 wins, 148 losses, and he's missed the playoffs each year that he's been there, so the past three years, which um, doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence. Yeah, but I think that's got to do a fit. Like, coaching the Lakers, he, he had the issue of the kids yeah, the kids. kids. Yeah, and then you, then you had LeBron with the kids, and and then you had Magic Johnson come in, and say that that's not my coach. I didn't I didn't hire. Him. That's uh, right. And and then when 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 Magic uh, quit, famously at the Staples Center, he he said that he, Genie said fire Walt <laughs> uh, Luke. Yeah. But he didn't want to do it because he he loved him. <laughs> that's what he said. Anyway. That 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 was that was his line. But um, yeah, just going back to your topic, um, yeah, so Luke didn't have good run in, in, in LA. There was a lot of reasons. Well, look, there was a lot of reasons. Mm. And last year, injury played a big role in how the team went. Team going 35 and 47 last year, not a great year. They did still have LeBron on the team, but he was injured for most of the year. Mm. Um, so coming on to this season, he gets a head coaching gig. Uh, by none other than the GM for the Kings, his former Lakers teammate, Vladdy Divac. Um, they were on the same team in the 2004-2005 season. Um, this is a guy that keeps getting jobs. He just this is a this is a guy who knows how to network, yeah. right? And I'm not I'm I'm not bagging him out, but I'm just saying this this is a guy that he's in it. He is now getting out from the huge Lakers shadow. Yeah. This is a guy that was embraced by the Lakers, held as one of their own, and now he's, he's got to do it on his own now. Um, success will largely depend on um, his being able to be not just a player's coach, but more than a player's coach. He's got to take on a role with a young core, similar to what Dave Fisdale is doing in New York. He's got to be their leader. He's got to be their dad. Um, not their bro. Yep. He's got to be there to lay down the line. And I think with the roster that they do have, it does bode well for him that they can get some success. And I think given the players that he's got, um, he may end up being the right person for the gig, for the Sacramento Kings. So um, 
I, I have high hopes for Luke in Sacramento, and I think um, with the roster that he's got, he will do um, a good job. The Kings have basically backed him. His former teammates backed him. That's now the GM. So I'm looking forward to Luke doing good, some, some good things in Sacramento. Um, the other coach I want to focus in on, and another young developing team of the Phoenix Suns, uh, Monty Williams is coming back, coming back to um, the NBA in a head coaching gig. It's been nearly about four years. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Huh? Been a while. Um, he's uh, taking over Igor Kokovskov, and um, who's still retained as an assistant coach. But um, Monty Williams, when he was with the New Orleans Hornets turned Pelicans, um, He's he had he had some decent success there. Um, his overall record, though, his career head coaching record is 173 wins, 221 losses. But we're looking at a guy who, when he was still a head coach for um, New Orleans, the game was already changing. It's not like he's an old head. Uh, he's not like a Tom Thibodeau who didn't change with the times who didn't embrace the small ball league, that didn't embrace the three-pointers, the importance of three-pointers and spacing the floor. He was there when Steph started revolutionising the game and the three-pointers started um, revolutionising the game. Um, so I think the adjustment factor there, in terms of being away for four years, won't be as dramatic. Um, problem, though, is the Suns... Um, Though they've got some very good players, um, namely top of the list, Devin Booker, um, DeAndre Ayton, and signing Ricky Rubio, yep. they finally got their... Enough Suns talk. Let's talk about the Knicks. And the team that I think will be the wooden spooners. Looking at this roster, and I think that there is some prospects that they will improve from last year's losing record. Um, you've got DSJ at point guard. I think he's only going to get better. Um, they did the right thing by drafting RJ Barrett with a number three pick in this year's draft. They weren't overthinking it. They weren't being smart, too smart about it. I think that was the best player on the board, and they did the right thing by um, drafting RJ Barrett. I think he's going to do great things in the New York Knicks uniform. Um, still... Their roster will be held um, in check by the amount of power forwards that they did end up signing. <laughs> okay, in. Count them out. Count them out. I'm, I'm counting them out. I'm counting them out in the off season <laughs> in, in free agency. You got Marcus Morris, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, and the jewel of the crown, um, Julius Randle. Three years, $63 million. Um, look, I, I've got no issue with Julius. I think um, I think he's a future all-star. I think he'll make the all-star team this year, last year for the Pels. I agree with that. He uh, he averaged 21.4 points a game, shooting at 52% from the field, 8.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists. Um, there's some all-star numbers right there. Does it in the East. I think they'll do well. And Mitchell Robinson holding down the paint, he'll average, he'll get his, he'll get his two blocks per game. I think there is a good core there, and um, but what really does matter though, apart from personal numbers, is what is going to be 
in the winners column how many wins is this team going to um, amass because New York needs a winning team and everybody loves a winner yeah, yeah everyone loves a winner <laughs> but it's not going to be this season <laughs> so, so for success for the Knicks as a Knicks fan yeah um, are you what are you expecting what's what's a good season for the Knicks for you playoffs baby playoffs <laughs> I think everyone in the East has a shot at it. I think that's going to be playoffs. <laughs> uh, you come from nothing to the playoffs. There's don't, the... don't, go. There's only way. <laughs> only way is up. You know, they're going to go zero to a hundred real quick, uh, and it's going to be this season. And I do this at the start of every season. Can they start? Can convince. they start all the power forwards? <laughs> they should. They should start them all. Just bruise them down. Bring back nineties basketball, baby. You can bruise them down, but. How can they guard? How can they guard all the point guards? Are they point guards and the elite shooting guards? Well, you've got some good. You got some good defenders there. Bobby Portis can defend. Taj Gibson. It's a good defender. Uh, but you know what? I am. I am being overly optimistic, yeah. and uh, I'm sure I'm going to be trolled um, by you guys out there about my predictions with the Knicks making the playoffs. Um, setting aside the fact that I've made a side bet with a cousin that. Uh, the Knicks will get more wins than the Brooklyn Nets this year. Yeah, you, you made a bet with myself and Vinny too. We 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 in on that bet. Um, yeah, we'll see by the season. Well, we will see. We will see. See the Knicks fail again. We will see. It's, this is this is all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh it's um it's good that you actually still believe that you're you're your team. Like you're 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 proud to be Nick. I am. But I think the Knicks. One thing of the day is that they want to build the team, uh, build like Brooklyn built last year. Like you get to a point where the the, the the team and the culture is down pat, uh, it's 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 open to some superstars joining them next year. There's not many superstars this year available, but maybe next year or the well, year they, down, they, down, down the line. This is what the two-year deals that they've yeah, signed yeah, these power forwards yeah. to. You've got you two, deals, two years until the major free agents come out in the league. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah. A deep look into the Knicks. Thank you, thank you for that uh, information. I'll, I'll remember these players' names. I didn't know who who our descendant was. <laughs> Mitch Robinson. Mitchell Robinson <laughs> is a beast. But um, there is a lot to look forward to this coming season. Um, I hope you do and have enjoyed uh, this episode of the Shooters Roll. Uh, please uh, leave us your comments, good, bad, or ugly. And uh, on our social media pages, we're on Facebook and also on Instagram. Uh, follow us on uh, YouTube and have a listen to us on our podcasts on Spotify. So until next time, see ya. Yeah, it's better. It's filming. Yeah.